Don Mockles, and you are listening to Looking Up with Don. This is the Looking Up with Don podcast, episode number 91, for the week of September 29th, 2021. The related website for this podcast is donmacholtz.com. That is spelled D-O-N-M-A-C-H-H-O-L-Z dot com, two H's. What's up in the sky this week? As our week begins on Wednesday, September 29th, the moon is 45% full in the morning sky, rising about midnight in the constellation Gemini. By next Tuesday, October 5th, the moon is not visible at all in our sky as it will be near the sun and almost at new phase. The moon will be new on October 6th, universal time being 1104. For almost everyone, no matter what time zone, the new moon will fall sometime during the day on Wednesday, October 6. For those wanting to spot the thin crescent moon on either side of the new moon this month, this is a situation. The moon passes north of the sun this time, and with the angle of the ecliptic in that area, The northern hemisphere is favored for seeing it on the morning of October 5th, very low in the eastern sky, almost due east. After new moon, the moon passes into the evening sky, and the southern hemisphere is favored for seeing the thin crescent moon on the evening of October 6th and October 7th. The evenings this week are dominated by dark skies. You have Venus in the southwest, and in the eastern sky you have Jupiter and Saturn. The summer Milky Way runs overhead. This is a good week for observing the heavens. Let's look at the moons of Jupiter and Saturn this week. We'll begin with the moons of Jupiter. Jupiter has four bright moons. They are known as the Galilean moons as Galileo was the first to see them through his telescope in late 1609. The moons have been observed by keen-eyed observers with the unaided eye. Binoculars held steady will usually show them depending upon their spacing around Jupiter. But our best view is with a telescope. Not all four are visible all the time, Sometimes a moon or two will be in front or behind Jupiter or in Jupiter's shadow. Here's a little guessing game to play next time you turn your telescope towards Jupiter. Will you see two, three, or four moons? Bet three or four. Will all four be on one side of the planet? Are three on one side and one on the other or two on each side? If you have a group of observers with you, take bets. The winner gets to choose which will be the next object to observe. Or you can look at a planetarium program beforehand, such as the sky, which shows the patterns of the moons. 
Some observers, when they crank up the magnification on large telescopes, can resolve these moons into disks. Some can see that each is a different color, and they can tell them apart from the colors. See if you can do this. The four moons are Io. This is the closest of the four moons, and it orbits Jupiter every 42 hours. That's every 1.6 days. There are over 400 volcanoes on Io, but you won't be able to see them. Europa takes 85 hours, that's three and a half of our days, to go around Jupiter. It is slightly smaller than our moon, and it has a very thin atmosphere, possibly of oxygen. It appears to have a subsurface ocean and is considered to be a place where life could exist. Ganymede is the largest and most massive moon in the solar system. It's about one and a half times larger than our moon. It takes 172 hours, or 7.2 of our days, to go around Jupiter. It may have a subsurface ocean, too. And if so, that would contain more water than all the water on Earth. Callisto is Jupiter's second largest moon, and it takes 17 days to go around Jupiter. It, too, may have a subsurface ocean of liquid water. Now let's turn to the planet Saturn and its many moons. Saturn is twice as far away from us as is Jupiter, so its moons are dimmer. By far the easiest moon of Saturn to observe is Titan. It is the second largest moon in the solar system, behind only Ganymede in size. It shines at magnitude 8.4. Titan has a substantial atmosphere, and it has land and rivers and seas. The crust seems to be water ice, and it may harbor life. Titan orbits Saturn every 16 days. We landed a spacecraft named Higgins in 2005 on Titan. Now we'll look at the following major moons of Saturn, from the one closest to the planet to the one furthest out. That does not mean this will be the order and distance from Saturn as seen through your telescope, because a distant moon in front of or behind Saturn might appear close to the planet. The closest one you might be able to see would be Mimas, M-I-M-A-S. It is 12.9 magnitude and takes only 22 of our hours to go around Saturn. It doesn't get much beyond the rings. Aneculus is magnitude 11.7. It takes about twice as long or 1.4 days to go around Saturn. Tithis is 1.8 days to go around. It's a little bit brighter at magnitude 10.2. Dione takes 2.7 days to go around Saturn. It's magnitude 10.5. The next moon that you might likely see is Rhea, R-H-E-A. It's only a third the size of Titan, but it's magnitude 10. It's an icy body that 
takes 4.5 days to go around Saturn. Hyperion takes 21 days, and it's one of the faintest that you might be able to pick up at magnitude 14.1. Iapetus takes 79 days to go around Saturn. When it's on one side of Saturn, it's magnitude 10.2. When it's on the other side, it dims to magnitude 11.9. So of all those moons of Saturn, you should be able to pick up Titan. Tadius is uh, magnitude 10.2, Dione is 10.5, and Rhea is 10.0. Those should probably be visible in most telescopes. Will you be able to see the International Space Station this week, which for our purposes begins Wednesday, September 29th through Tuesday, October 5th? It depends upon where you are located. This week it's something like this. In the northern hemisphere, if you see it at all, it will be in your evening sky. In the southern hemisphere, if you see it at all, it will be in your morning sky. This week we have seven zones. All you need to know is your latitude. North of 63 degrees north, you won't see it at all. Between 55 and 63 degrees north, the ISS will be in your evening sky for most of the week. That is the start of the week, but not at the end of the week. Between 35 degrees and 55 degrees north, many of you live in that area, the ISS will be visible in your evening sky for the whole week, and on some nights you can see it twice. Further south, if you live between 24 and 35 degrees north, the ISS will be in your evening sky for only the second half of the week. From 33 degrees south to 24 degrees north, and many of you live in the equatorial zone, the International Space Station will not be visible at all this week. Heading further south, from 40 to 33 degrees south, that's southern Australia and parts of South America. The ISS will be in your morning sky for only the first few days of the week. South of 40 degrees south, the ISS will be in your morning sky all week long, sometimes twice per night. To determine where it will be in your sky, go to the website heavens-above.com and enter your location then click on ISS. Also at that website, you can find the locations of thousands of other satellites. Periodic Comet 67P Churyumov Gerasimenko is in our morning sky. I talked about it a couple weeks ago. Thanks to alert listener Victor, I have learned more about the discoverers of this comet. It was discovered by two astronomers in Russia in 1969. Chermyumov found the comet on photographic plates taken by Savenlana Gerasimenko, who is female, not male as I had implied. They both attended the launch of the spacecraft taking Rosetta to visit the comet. Now that's cool. That comet, 67P, is presently magnitude 10 and passing through the constellation Taurus. 
Now, you've seen photos of the nucleus of this comet taken by that spacecraft, the two lobes connected to each other. Now, when you look at the comet, imagine what's going on with that nucleus. With the moon leaving the morning sky this week, we can get back to observing this and other comets. Podcast 91, Map 4, has our morning sky comets plotted for the next few weeks. They are generally magnitude 10 to 11, so you will need a telescope to see them. You can also get the position for these and other comets from the website heavens-above.com. Click on Comets. This week we're going to look at an open star cluster in Cygnus. It is bright enough to see with the unaided eye, and we will look at it with binoculars and a telescope too. It is known as M39. M39 is plotted on Podcast 91, Map 3. It is not easy to find as no bright stars are nearby, so it might take a few minutes to find it. M39 is magnitude 5.4, and it measures 30 by 20 arc minutes in size. It's relatively nearby, about a thousand light years away. Aristotle noted the star cluster around 325 BC. Charles Messier, late to the party, recorded it on October 24, 1764. I recommend finding it first with binoculars and then try seeing it with the unaided eye. With binoculars, you will see a smattering of stars about 30 arc minutes across, about the size of a full moon. To me, this cluster has always had the shape of a triangle. When you find M39, it will be unmistakable. You will know that you have it. What makes it stand out against the background is the bright stars in the area that make up the cluster. Take away those 20 stars and the cluster will disappear into the background. There is a double star in the center of the cluster and three stars in a row towards the southern part of the cluster. Through a telescope, use a wide field of view and carefully look at the colors of the stars. As this cluster is young and many of the stars are hot blue stars. To recap the podcast, what's up this coming week? Go out and look at the moons of Jupiter and Saturn. And with the moons of Jupiter, if you watch them for 15, 20, 30 minutes, you might notice that they are moving in relation to each other. Try to observe the thin crescent moon and find and observe M39. You have been listening to Looking Up with Don, podcast episode number 91 for September 29th, 2021. I'm Don Mockholtz. Once again, the related website for this podcast is donmockholtz.com. That is spelled D-O-N-M-A-C-H-H-O-L-Z.com. Two H's. You can contact me at dontheastronomer at gmail.com. Once again, that is dontheastronomer at gmail.com. God willing and pod willing, I'll be back next week for another episode of Looking Up with Don. 
we will discuss what's up in the sky. Mars passes behind the sun, nothing to see here, and we'll look at some evening deep sky objects and a birthday star. All that and more. Thank you for listening. See the sky this week. I'll see you next week.